Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Tuesday. First of yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Monday. Um, and I can't quite figure out if we had a change of levels yesterday or not, or who did if we did. It got very murky. Um, um, fireworks. Fireworks week. Joy. And that time Andrew Dickens stole a chicken. But before any of that, uh, let's get Wellington moving. Here's the bloke in charge of that. They've got four ways of doing it now, apparently. We've been consulting on this since 2015, and you guys have announced you're consulting again for another six weeks. Why couldn't you just make a decision? Uh, look, the program's changed massively. I mean, this is a huge opportunity for Wellingtonians, and it's transformational. And and what we found was what was originally put forward um, didn't fulfil the outcomes that we needed. So ultimately, running light rail to, from um, the uh, railway station through to the airport um, it isn't going to have the transformational change that we see. So that's why we've focused the light rail um, in options one, three, and four through to Island Bay. What's, what's going on in Island Bay? That well, I mean, Island Bay is. I looked at that. and I thought, what the heck's going on there? That's a no. That's a dead end street. <laughs> dead end street. And um, ultimately, it is a corridor with already huge public transport usage. Um, it's a confined corridor, so it's within the um, the constraints um, of the topography. Um, and ultimately, we have a, a corridor which is calling out for redevelopment. So, especially through to Newtown from the CBD. So Hold on, but you, it's got it's got heaps of public transport. So why are we sticking more public transport? Ultimately, we we need to provide better public transport to accommodate the huge growth that we're predicted to experience in Wellington. It seems like growth is the problem. Do we need to just stop growing? Will that fix everything? Seem probably I'm probably looking at things too simplistically. Uh, it's like this uh, level situation. Really know um, what's going on anymore. David Seymour has made the trip up. So too has Judith Collins. The PM's office points to the five-day stand-down, isolating at home, as the sticking point, which is Trevor Mallard's rules, uh, because she's too important and powerful to isolate at home for that long. And to be fair, she is important and powerful. No denying that. But Parliament is in recess right now. Surely this is the time for the PM to show herself and offer a meaningful gesture to show she understands the damage being done to so many lives. The PM will announce today whether there'll be any changes to the levels for Auckland and Waikato. Des Gorman was right this morning when he said whatever happens, she'll be damned if she does, damned if she doesn't. The case numbers are rising, but of course they are. They were always going to. But so long as the vaccination rates are rising too, and then with a bit more luck, we might be able to get away without swamping the health system. But seriously, you know, I think people have just given up. The PM needs to show her face in her own electorate in her own city. And given how absurd the rules are, Botox, yes. Lips, no. Botox, yes. Haircut, no. Plumber, yes. Electrician, yes. Cleaner, no. Surely retail New Zealand can be thrown a bone. If you're vaccinated, if you're following public health protocols, you can open for business and give yourself a fighting chance to be in business next year. So, as I understand it, you can go to the shops in Waikato now. 
and we might be able to in Auckland next week. And when domestic manager got home yesterday, I said, oh, that's good. Go to go to the shops next week, maybe. And she said, yeah, that sounds fun, doesn't it? Two metres apart. And I'm thinking, I don't mind being two metres apart. I've never really been a close quarters shopper. No crowds in the stores. That sounds all right to me. But it's a little bit confusing, like I say. So confusing. Is Kate confused? The key part of it all, the spin. The spin will be that we are, in fact, world leading, that we opened up with a higher vaccination rate than other countries, that we have our freedoms back, and that we earned it with fewer deaths and no hospital overload. Part of our small size and stature globally, of course, as, as New Zealand, as a wee country at the bottom of the world, is that we do puff our chest at any chance. And Labour will capitalise on that to claim we are again top of the pops. And by inference, that Jacinda is top of the pops. And there will be many who fall for it. There is, however, a lot of water to go under the bridge between now and September 2023. Question is, can they keep swimming? Hawksby. It'll be interesting to see, won't it, with um, divisive policies and uh, with lack of delivery being their uh, calling card, once we come out of this and it all, you know, washes through, what we're actually left with and how much we scrutinise this government at the end of the day on what they go on to do from here or whether we just are so thrilled to be out of lockdown and have our freedoms back that we take no notice and we don't care anymore and we just blindly vote them all back in in 2023 and we forget. Let's hope we don't have such short-term memories. Don't worry, I'm sure the world will be ending in a completely different way by then. Um, Will it just go up in a massive bang? It's a giant firework. That was my very clever segue to get into this next bit where uh, we talk to a person who sells fireworks for some reason. It's the most... this is another thing I don't understand. I can't imagine it's looking good, is it? Uh, it's looking, well, for us, it's looking all right. Um, there's, there's not much stock in the country because there's been um, serious shipping delays. So the boat that was carrying a lot of the fireworks that are coming into New Zealand is now arriving here about on Saturday, so too late for the sales period. So there's a lot less stuff around than there normally is. We've still got so, some, so um, it's, a, it's arriving on the 6th? Yeah, fifth or sixth, but with the way the port and stuff is, there's no way it's going to be able to be sold this year. We're doing all right because we had some stuff from last year and some stuff that arrived earlier, but there's probably 20% of the fireworks in New Zealand that there was last year for sale. Because of shipping? Uh, because Yeah, well, shipping's put a big dampener, but the warehouse doesn't sell fireworks anymore, and they were probably 70% of the market anyway. So there's going to be a lot of places, probably including Invercargill, you know, and a lot of smaller towns where there's nowhere you can buy fireworks without driving for two hours now, if it, because there's the only place those people had was the warehouse, and the warehouse is gone. And I can't imagine it works that well at mail order. Can you send them by courier? No, nah, you can't. You have to use a special courier, and I mean, it's even so you can't even you know take the money for them outside the, those four days. And with this, you know, like stuff, courier stuff is taking a week across Auckland at the moment. You couldn't do it like that anyway. You know, you'd send stuff and people might not get it in time. So, we I mean, we've got we've got about 15 shops open in Auckland, so we're just doing contactless. You know, we've got up all the um, the Perspex screen, so we're not coming into, you know, we're not um, not coming into contact or breathing on anyone. Um, I mean, it's a bit of a mission, but we're still doing it. But why? 
I really hate fireworks. <laughs> so much. I don't personally hate fireworks. Um, I quite, you know, I quite enjoy the bangs and the flashes and all of it. Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't get massively excited actually setting them up myself. I don't really mind whether I'm doing it or watching somebody else do it. My kids are terrified of them, always have been. And remember, my kids are like now 18 and 20. I think they're still a bit worried about them. So we've never really got into it at all at my house. But it just seems like a monumental waste of money. It scares animals. It starts fires. People do stupid things with them. It's the most ridiculous thing. And these random places set up and sell them. And I actually believe that it'll be massive this year. I think everybody will sell out because nobody's, you know, everybody's bought their um, boats and jet skis and spa pools and outdoor furniture and TVs. And they've still got holiday money that they haven't spent. So, we'll, oh, we're going to have the best fireworks. We haven't been able to do anything. We're going to have the best fireworks ever this year, kids. Ha ha ha! It's going to be a shit show. It's good that they're not going to breathe on us though when they sell them to us. Again, it's a bit like the two meter chopper, isn't it? It's like, why were they breathing on us before? Maybe some, you know, some things are a little better. Anyway, we'll finish up here uh, with the suggestion that uh, people should uh, move to the country instead of doing an OE. Uh, what do we think about? What do we think about that suggestion? Um, and OEs generally, remember those? Um, Andrew Dickens does. He's very old, though. There are other people that they haven't even imagined it, you know, and they can't even comprehend it. And they don't have the whānau or the support net mechanisms over there, or they're afraid of it. And I've had countless friends who actually went on an OE and came back three months later with their tail between their legs because the place was too big and too bad and too heavy. But had they gone to Nelson, they might have actually had a bit more uh, success, you know. Yeah, well, that's very true. I know when I was living in London, I ended up actually living with six guys I went to high school with. So, you know, we basically moved Auckland over to London, so it wasn't really, you know, no, exactly, much different for us. um, Look, when I lived in France, they didn't even speak the same bloody language as me. You want to, you know, how hard that is? It was incredible. Yeah, it was a learning experience. Pretty challenging. (laughs) Oh, very good. You know, when I lived in, hey, I'll tell you, I'm going to admit this on radio. When I lived in London, I ended out so poor. I went to Tesco's in Richmond and I stole a chicken. (laughs) <laughs> and I had to because I had no. I actually had no money. I had I had an American Express card that had been maxed out. I had no money. I was told not to use it anymore. That was my emergency funds. I had no money, and I hadn't eaten for a day and a half. And I went into Tesco's in Richmond. I've never said this publicly. And I went, oh my god, I can't. What am I going to do? And I had a great coat on, and I got a frozen poulet, and I put it in my pocket, and I went out the fire escape. And I ran through that's the streets of Richmond. Building. <laughs> well, I wonder what the uh, statute of limitations is on frozen chicken theft. Like, could they still come after him? Also, can you be extradited for it as well? Because obviously that happened in England. He's here. Did they bring him back for that? Um, it was frozen, right? He did, he did. So... Hang on, he's starving hungry. Why would you t- steal a fro- something that you've got to wait to defrost to eat? It's a ridiculous thing to do. I'm <laughs> I don't know, it just occurred to me just there. Yeah.
I'm busy B. For all your shoplifting tips, you know where to come. News Talk ZB. I'll be back with more of those tomorrow. It's the greatest shoplifting uh, podcast out there.